0: Financial Advisor Steve Peasley.
1: Good afternoon everybody and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Monday, November 14th, 2022. And Thanksgiving is just around the corner, one more week away, or you know, this week and then next week. And that'll be here. One of my favorite holidays, as I have said before. And, you know, time does go by pretty fast, or at least the perception is that time moves pretty fast. When we all know time doesn't move, time moves at the same acceleration all the time, right? Except for maybe when you're traveling close to the speed of light, then you got the Einstein theory of relativity coming. Yeah, but, you know, we're talking about money. We're not talking, <laughs> talking about science. But it plods along at a predictable rate and pace. And, of course, here we are coming up on the end of the year. New Year's just around the corner. And you have to continue to watch your balance and balance, rebalance and balance, and then rebalance again your portfolio. It's a constant job. You don't have to do it as often as we do. And you don't have to do it, you know, even every month. But I like to at least take a look at it every quarter. And if you really are a hands-off investor, you could do that once a year. But it really pays off to take a look at and make sure you're doing, your balance your portfolio is not so crazy that one stock might determine what happens to your overall portfolio. You don't wanna do that. That's why you kinda look at it and keep rebalancing. Okay, so it's important. And we'll talk about that more. I'm Steve Pizzo, I'm here today on the radio and podcast. I do, we, Justin and I do it every day, Monday through Friday, four to five pacific time live and of course I look forward to doing it when I can Um, and you know our phone number is always the same it is a call-in show you can call and ask any financial questions you like 24 hours a day seven days a week our lines are always open it's always the same 888-99-CHART so of course you know I got material to go through I always do my focus point today concerns target dated funds do target-dated funds truly allow investors to be hands-off? We've talked about target-dated funds off and on, and I'm not a big fan, but for some people, it may be appropriate, and I'll explain why. You know, the concept is a good, solid concept, but there's flaws in it, but for some people, that they can, maybe should ignore those flaws because they had no other choice. So, we'll talk about the flaws, and we'll talk about the benefits. Time permitting, I have other talking points I want to talk about. Did you hear about Disney You're going to lay off, uh, lay off about uh, I don't know how many thousands of jobs? Disney's not the only one. Layoffs and, and coming upon Christmas time layoffs. So we'll discuss that. And did you know that IRS is raising the re, uh, the retirement savings limits? We'll discuss that, and oil, three week low for oil. Is it going lower, higher? Why is it falling? Those are the things I wanna to discuss today. But of course, what I wanna discuss, it comes second. What you wanna discuss comes first. So you need to call me and ask me questions. That's what this is all about. So only if I have to get to these points because You know we have nothing else to discuss or you don't have questions i will go to these things okay um and i do see we have questions on the voice bank so we're going to have to get to them one's about playboy one's about unity software so we'll at least get to those two i'm sure before the end of the show and of course uh, we have itunes review and once someone wants to talk about crypto coins a question about that we know what kind of problems they're having and i think they're gonna to continue to have massive problems. Cryptocurrency, we've talked about it at nauseam because everybody's so excited about it when it goes up. Now that it's crashing, now what? What are you gonna do now? You know, Justin and I have talked about the problems with cryptocurrency. No, there are absolutely no rules and regulations and therefore, it's a wild, wild west, and anything can happen, and you've seen what happens. If you've been paying attention to anything, you know what's happening to cryptocurrency. It's falling apart. Now I don't think it's I still think it's going to survive. You know I've said that. It'll survive. That I don't doubt. So we got a pretty full day today. But again, as I said, your calls come first. Your log. We want your live calls if we can. 888-99 chart. So how'd the market do today? Down. We, uh, it had a pretty up week last week, but it started off this week down. The Dow was down 211 points. NASDAQ down 127. And the S&P down 36 points. So we've had a nice little rally. Are we going to continue that rally? And I'm sure a lot of you are surprised that we even had a rally after the Fed raised rates and said that they're going to raise more. Why would the market rally because of that? I'm sure you're surprised about that. Maybe you have a question on it. We'll talk about it. Okay, let's go ahead and go to our first voicemail call, and it's about MDT. Hi,
2: Steve and Justin. Thank you so much for everything you guys do. Uh, Your program is extremely informative for folks like us who are small uh, investors. I would really appreciate if you could give me an entry point for a company called Medtronic,
3: MDT.
2: I would like to get an entry point into this company. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much.
1: Okay. Uh, MDT Medtronic PLC, an Ireland-based company uh, that develops implantable cardiovascular, cardio, cardiac, cardiac devices, surgical uh, robotics, insulin pumps, surgical tools, and more. It's a $110 billion company, so it's not small. We're gonna make $5.52 this year, next year $5.88. They're very consistent, a slow growing company. Okay, sales in the last two quarters have shrunk 1% and 8% the last two quarters, but you know, it's a slow grow, it pays a 3.3% dividend. It's a very solid company, return on equity is 14%. The PE range, you know, it's an $82 stock with a $5.88 price per share. So you know that gives us gives it a pretty you know a pretty decent fifteen or so PE, which I find reasonable. Cash flow is very strong, six point thirty eight dollars 38 So it's got not too much debt. So there's a lot of positive. Now it used to be a lot better price, obviously, like most stocks. Uh, it used to be in the what hundred and thirty dollar range, one hundred thirty five dollar range. Today it's eighty two. What's a good entry point? Well, right around eighty dollars. That seems to be pretty strong support, and here it is at 82.90. So I would say this is a strong entry point. Now, when I say that, everybody, that doesn't mean the stock won't go down anymore, that it shouldn't go down. or I'm telling you that this is the low it's been before in recent years, and it seems to want to bounce up. It's gone as low as about 75, but right around 80, it likes to hold and bounce up and has for some time. And those are times when uh, it made less money than it is now. So, I think this is a good entry point. Okay? Medtronic. M-D-T. And I guarantee you we're going to need more and more and more of those implantable cardiac devices, surgical robotics, and insulin pumps, and all kinds of surgical tools. We're going to need more and more and more of those. So, I I think their future is pretty bright, actually. We're headed into a break. I welcome your financial investment questions now. No questions too simple or too complex. You, the caller, set the agenda. That's what makes the program unique, by the way. You do it. So call Invest Talk 888 99 Charts.
4: Why do listener questions make invest talk better?
5: Which of these would you recommend?
4: Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was
2: curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go
5: from here.
4: When do I know
0: the right time to take Profits.
5: Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here?
4: And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction.
5: I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been
3: listening for several years now, and I've
1: One of the most rewarding things I do each weekday is host the Invest Talk podcast. I truly enjoy helping investors, and I know that every question counts and every answer I provide will be unbiased. You, the caller, get to chart the course for each Invest Talk podcast. Call with your questions anytime, day or night, 888-99Chart. Okay, my focus point today concerns do target-dated funds truly allow investors to be hands-off? Now, the concept has been around a while, target-dated funds, and, you know, are they appropriate? Now, just to review, what is a target-dated fund? Many 401Ks and 403Bs and all 457 plans have what we call target-dated funds, and that is you pick your target of your retirement date. I'm going to retire in 2035, and what happens over time, the fund becomes more and more conservative as you get close to that target date. Now what that generally means is it, gets, it starts reducing its exposure to stocks and increase exposure to bonds. That's generally how they reduce the risk of the portfolio, and as you get really close to target date, there's very little exposure to stocks and a lot of exposure to bonds. Now, the concept is sound in that you want to be less aggressive when you get older and closer to retirement. That's the concept. There's nothing wrong with that concept. And there are definitely benefits because you can buy it and it will do exactly what that says it will do. It will. So, for those people who have absolutely no interest, don't care, you know, yeah, maybe they should take that route because that's the only route they have that... You know, can get them to be a bit more conservative as they get close to closer to retirement. Why do I? Why don't? Why do I not like them so much? Now, some people argue because I'm a money manager and I like to be hands on, and targeted funds take money away from money managers, and I'm sure that's to, that's true to a certain degree, but that's not why I don't like them. It's because I don't like the fact that they totally ignore the environment that you're in. For instance, if your target date of retirement was last year, okay, and you've been putting in a 401k for 20, 30 years. Last year, interest rates were at the very lowest. So for the last 10, 15 years, you've been putting more and more and more money into bond funds and earning less and less return. Because interest rates have gone down and the return, the yield has gone way down on the bonds you've been buying. Now, as yields go up, and as they spike, more bonds exposure is a better idea. I like the bond exposure because the interest rates are high. But target data funds ignore the reality of the environment they're in. They ignore that. They just automatically go to more and more bonds. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying that I, I can do better than that. That's what I'm saying. So, there's valid reasons to have target-dated funds. They are completely hands-off. That's true. And it's pretty cost-effective because you don't have to hire anybody. Like that part, too. Okay? Um, and they generally have decent returns. Like that, too. It's not terrible returns. So, you know, there's positives to them. I just It's just not my cup of tea. Okay? That's all. Okay, let's get a quick caller question now. 888-99-CHART.
5: Hi, Steve or Justin. I uh, noticed that Playboy, well, PLBY, had their earnings today, and I just wanted to get you guys' opinion on that. Thank you. Bye.
1: Yeah, this is one of our really bad picks, as you probably know. I don't mind admitting to the things we do wrong. That's why that's why you buy only a small piece of any one stock, you know, because you're going to get it wrong sometime. I, you know, we like the, we like what we see, the growth rate of Playboy. We like that, but they don't have any earnings. And you know how I hate not having earnings. So, um, do I think you should be a buyer, buyer invest in Playboy? I'm not a big for it. I think Justin is more positive on it than I am. Um, I would say uh, I wouldn't buy it because it doesn't have any money. It's not making money next year. Yeah. Their earnings are, they're going to lose less money than they had before. But losing money is still, losing money so not something i would care for okay we're heading to a break everybody Justin and i are happy to play your recorded voice pain questions but we would love to have your live calls so give us a call our number never changes it's always the same never ever has it changed in the 22 three years however long we've been doing it 888-99-CHART
4: Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments.
5: Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Brandon from Oklahoma. And I just kind of had a general question as far as. Uh, I tend to just max out me and my wife's are off usually in January, and I perfected it last year on January third at the top of it. I predicted it real well, and I'm trying to kind of avoid that again this year. But you know, seeing that the economic data was a little bit better this month, if it continues to look better in December, and maybe even wait till you hear January's numbers, what is y'all's take on you know maxing in January if the Inflation keeps looking better every month. Or do you think there's going to be a big dip next year sometime? I guess my question is just about maxing out roths, you know, kind of lump summing versus DCAing, and uh, how do you think next year could play out. You know, if the data is good for December. Thank you very much.
1: Okay, so he's asking about putting all at one time, you know, your contribution all at one time, or DCA dollar cost averaging over a period of time. And I think there's been various studies that show that it doesn't really matter which way you do it. Long term, you're going to make out. Uh, Now, if you're asking me what I think the market's going to do by the end of the year, into next year, I think the market's not really going to get healthy for a while until the Federal Reserve, at the very minimum, stops raising interest rates. And they don't seem to be even pausing yet. They haven't talked about pausing yet. Now, I can tell you that the economic numbers are starting to not be as robust and I'm thinking that they should be pausing, they should be thinking about it, they should consider it, but they're not. Not yet that I see. Therefore the market, market is looking for some kind of hit signal. Last week the market really rallied pretty nicely right after the Fed raised rates, 0.75, because again, the market is assuming they got to be getting close to a pivot point where they'll stop raising rates. But then the speeches coming out of Powell and other Federal Reserves kind of indicated, no, they're not, they're not They're, not, they're not ready to pause. So uh, it's very difficult to predict. I would do, if you have the money, I just put it in as fast as you could to your Roth or IRA, I just put it in. Um, You know i because this is the time of year the market does the best the worst time of year is in the summer so i think the sooner the better frankly i don't think as long as you're a long-term investor you'll be fine you'll be fine no matter which way you go okay now concerning why i think one of the anecdotal information bits that i'm reading as to why the economy is slowing uh, is because, one, Disney is going to lay off a bunch of people. Disney's laying off people right now. Why? Usually the holiday season is not a bad time for Disney. And also, did you read today, just today, Amazon announced they're going to lay off 10,000 people. Now, this is in addition to last week, the week before, uh, was it last week, I think I mentioned that the number of tech companies are laying off people. For really no reason, they are just laying them off. And this is a case, in my personal opinion, is, you know, it's going to be self-fulfilling, this, this laying off people and affecting the economy. If the economy is not that bad, but they're laying off people, well, laying off people will affect the economy. You're going to make it happen. And the Fed, that's what the Fed wants. So don't fight the Fed. Don't fight it. That's what the Fed wants. They're going to get what they want. So I see that the Fed's going to win this little battle of how the economy is going to slow down, because it is going to slow down. Question is, is can they pivot at a point where it just slows down and not go into a recession or go into a deep recession? And they have been known not to be very successful at that. So can they do it this time? Will this time be different? Whenever I hear that, even in my own head, I said, "No, it's never different. It's always the same." So I, I don't. I don't have a lot of faith in the Fed. I don't. Okay. When people take time to leave an Invest Talk podcast review on iTunes, you know we like to leave. You know, have them leave a question so we can get to it quickly and answer it for them as a little thank you. So here's from J M Boost. Want to ask what you guys think about Coinbase? dollar sign C-O-I-N. I personally do not invest in crypto space, nor do I plan on doing it in the future, but I am aware that it has very big following. And I'm curious if this recent collapse have provided a good entry into a company like Coinbase. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's a first signal that why in the heck would you ever invest in a cryptocurrency at this stage? This is the Wild West, as I have said before. You know, we have we have an, an an exchange. One, the third largest exchange, cryptocurrency exchange, went out of business. Third largest one. Okay, why? It's just an exchange. Why? Because they took the money they were making and they invested poorly. And there's no laws or regulations to make sure they have enough money to support themselves. There's no backing of any kind. So um, they lost a bunch of money. Now you're going to see a bunch of crypto coins probably go to zero if they haven't already. Remember, there's 10,000 cryptocurrencies out there. We don't need 10,000 cryptocurrencies. Why? So, no, I don't think it's a place to entry. I think it's a warning sign. That's what I think. Stay away. Stay, that's the sign. Stay away. On the Nest of Talk, the story behind the question, what is the average net worth of Generation X? That's tomorrow. For now, I'm Steve Peasel, and I'm ready to take your questions live, 888-99-CHART.
3: At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication,
4: The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk Riskalyze quiz. The InvestTalk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART.
5: Hi, it's Raj from New York. I had a question about a Unity Software. It's been going down for
2: the last few days, probably last few months. Pretty cheap, $20. Is it worth to buy it for future investment? Looking for maybe 10-year investment? Please let us know when you get a chance. Love the show. Thank you.
1: Okay, it's a pretty decent-sized company, $9.7 billion. Unity Software, the symbol is you. Provide software solutions to create, to create, run, and monetize interactive, real-time 2D and 3D content. So what they do, it's of interest, okay? Uh, but they don't make any money. But they're supposed to make money next year, 2023. They're supposed to make 19 cents a share. So they've been losing money, losing money for years now, but they've been growing sales also pretty fast. Uh, the most recent quarter is 13%. The quarter before that was nine, but the quarters before that was always 30 and 40% sales growth per quarter. So that's what drove this stock up to 100, almost 200 dollars a share, back in December 2021. 200 dollars a share today. It's at 32. What's? It's only going to make 19 cents a share next year. So what's that worth? Well, you combine that with growth rate. Well, the growth rate has now shrunk down to 13%. Is is it worth more than, you know, 20 times earning? See, that's the problem you have. It's way overvalued still. And the cash flow is still negative. Mutual funds are buying it. Management owns 7%. So those are good positive things. But I wouldn't buy it because I think it's too expensive still. I think it's expensive. Now, I will say this. It looks like it stopped going down right around $30 a share. That looks like a pretty strong support. So if you really want to take a chance at it, it's at $32.69 now. This might be the time to do that. Okay, but it's pretty high risk. Let's keep things moving and make it number two in a row. This question came in earlier, 888-99-CHART.
2: Hey, Stephen Justin, Art from Tucson here. I have a question about three different investment rating platforms that I receive on my Charles Schwab, through my Charles Schwab brokerage account. Get stock rating reports from Morningstar, CFRA, and Market Edge are the three I look at the most. And they often disagree on any particular stock. For instance, I'll use Eastman Chemical, EMN. Morningstar has it at, at a five star rating, which suggests it's highly undervalued, and a narrow moat status. CFRA has it at a four star rating. And then Market Edge has it as an avoid. They have avoid, neutral, and long as their measurement parameters. My feeling is that Market Edge is more of a technical analysis, and Morningstar is more of a fundamental analysis. And maybe CFRA is somewhere in the middle. Wondered which one of these, if any, you have um, faith in and maybe the most faith in. I know you said you like Morningstar in the past. Um, and this is free data that comes with the, the Schwab account. So I was wondering how much faith to take in these reports and stock analysis. Thanks for your input. And I'll listen on the podcast.
1: Well, you're pretty close in your analysis as to what the three different rating agencies do. And that's really what you have to understand. Why do they rate them the way they rate them? I can tell you Morningstar is probably of those three, the most conservative of the three. And it's more based on fundamentals of the company. And not just fundamentals this year, last year, the last couple of years, but longer term fundamentals. Okay, last five years, 10 years, and looking out for five, 10 years out through the future. And that's one of the reasons why I like Morningstar the best there. Um, But we also use different pieces of software for our analysis. And we take the raw data and we run the data the way we want to run it. Um, But, you know, of those three, I think you can take Morningstar and look at it and say, okay, here's a basis of where I start with Morningstar because they're pretty fundamental. They're pretty basic. They're you know, they're gonna want they're not they're not gonna be those guys out there looking for your next high flyer Tesla stock. That Morningstar probably won't help you with that. That's not what they do. So it depends on what you're really interested in. And really, you need to understand why they rate them the way they rate. What are they, what what weight, are they putting weight on just the sales growth? They were putting weight on the earnings growth and sales growth? Are they putting weight on low valuations or, you know, are the momentum? Where are they putting their weight as to how to analyze this stock? Okay, and that's really what you need to understand the different rating agencies. And Morningstar, as I said, is very basic, down-to-earth, fundamental analysis, which is what I prefer, okay? Good question, though, very good question, I enjoyed that. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. The IRS is raising the retirement savings limit for 2023, everybody. So for the 401Ks, it's going to go to $22,500, up $2,000 for your 401K. You can put away up to $22,500, okay? They're raising by two grand. IRA, they're going to $6,500 per year. That's up $500. And at 50 and older in the IRA, it's going to $7,500 from $6,500. What's really interesting is that most people will not take advantage of these increase in rates, this increase in ability to save. They won't. Uh, statistically, they haven't in the past, so they probably won't this time. But just be aware you can put more money aside starting next year. So let's say you have extra, you know, you got, you're trying to contribute to your 401k or your IRA this year, and you say, hey, I have, I have a little extra money to put away. Well, put it toward next year. That's all. If you're already maxed out this year, that's great. Put it towards next year. Get an early start. I think that's the sound thing to do. But just be aware, they're changing. And I think they should change. I, I think they should index it to inflation, My personally, personally. I think they should go ahead and just index it to inflation. Inflation goes up, it goes up. You know, that's what I think. Actually, I, if you want my real opinion, I think they should raise it up to as high as a regular working person can save you know i think i have a limit on wealth i mean if you're super wealthy you don't even need it but you know if you can put because so I, I don't know about you but over my career this many years i did really really well i got bonuses or whatever and i really could have put some of that money away in the retirement account more so and then the next year i wouldn't get a nice bonus so that's kind of how it works A lot for a lot of people. Some years you make a lot of money, and you really would like to put a lot of money away in retirement, and you can't, or at least you get no benefit from it. You can, but you don't get any benefit from from the tax point of view. And I think the government should give you that benefit. But it does not. 888-99-CHART, 888 992 You heard Justin and I comment on the next stock many times, but let's go ahead and give it another try. 888-99-CHART.
5: Hey, can I have your thought on buying uh, Tesla for a long-term investment? Thank you so much.
1: Bye. Tesla. I think Tesla's here for last. I think it's going to be here forever, uh, many generations. Uh, I have no problem with it. Oh, my biggest problem is the cost. You know, the stock has always been overpriced. Always has been. Always uh, ha- has been since its inception, uh, and it maybe it'll continue to be overpriced. But you notice that um, prices are coming down the last couple of years from Tesla. Uh, so it's one hundred ninety dollars a share now, uh, and what was its high? Three hundred and fifty, you know, uh, three four hundred dollars a share, something like that. What was its high? It's now one hundred ninety. Okay, so cut more than in half. Will it get cut in half again? I don't know. It makes more and more money every year. It's still growing sales, but competition's coming in hot and heavy from different auto dealers, uh, auto manufacturers selling uh, all electric cars. And some of them are pretty nice, and they're gonna be, there's going to be a lot of stiff competition for Tesla. And I think what will happen is, you know, Tesla's still going to grow. I, I have no doubt about that whatsoever. It just seems to be expensive to me. And it's not something – I'm not a big auto – investor. I don't like auto companies in general. I just don't. I got lots of reasons why, but I just don't. The seasons are changing, but the stock market is still presenting what I call a changing market dynamics. And if you are serious about your financial future, you have to deal with it. You have to deal with a different dynamics that you're faced with. The market changes all the time. You have to be aware of the changes and try to you know, try to adjust your thinking. To the changes that you face, so you need to update your strategies. Maybe rebalance your portfolio. Change, you know, if your circumstances in your life maybe change. And if that's the case, you know, you need. To, what if you got laid off? You're going to have to readjust your portfolio. What if you want decided you want to retire early? What if your job cuts your salary in half? Things change. What if you have, you know, we're going to have children, and instead of one, you get triplets. Things change, you know, so you got to be able to adjust. So it's worth a minute or two to talk about those kinds of adjustments, maybe talk to someone professional like Justin my, Justin and myself, Justin Klein and myself, about those kinds of changes. You know, we're based in Irvine, California, KPP Financial is our company, that's between LA and San Diego County, but we, we conduct business across the country, we have clients everywhere. And let me remind you that you know on InvestTalk and at KPP Financial we operate with a kind of a different philosophy than anybody else. We call it independent thinking and shared success, meaning we don't buy other people's opinions about buying or selling stocks. We do it ourselves and we don't mind buying the same stocks for ourselves as we do for our clients. We want to. We provide unbiased guidance we, we uh, have different strategies for different risk tolerances, how much risk you want to take and how much you should take, and we'll help you with that if you need help. You know, Maybe you're taking a lot more risk than you thought you were taking, and you need to adjust that, but you don't know how to do that. We'll help you. So you can call our uh, KPP offices in Irvine, California, go to InvestTalk.com and click on the Contact Us button and send, send us an email. We'll be happy to sit down and talk to you. We really will. And there's no obligation. There is, never is. No money market, no money manager worth his salt obligates you to do anything. You should not have that obligation, you should not feel that obligation. Okay? So we can help you. We want to help you if you let us. So let us. This is an invest talk. So we're going to play another listener line question here in a minute. But hang on.
4: Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. And Steve and Justin, thank you for your loyalty. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. 888-99-CHART.
2: Hey, this is Jim. I love your guys' show. Thank you for answering all our questions. I have a question today about
1: Chesapeake
2: Energy Corporation, ticker CHK. I'm looking at this and I'm trying to find out what's wrong with it. It has a current trailing dividend of 11%, down from 56%. All the analyst ratings I see says buy, 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 buy. And I don't know. It just seems like a good stock. I'm trying to find out what is wrong with it, and you guys are really good at that. So if you can give me some more insight on Chesapeake, that would be great. I'm looking. I already bought two shares, but I really want to get into it and maybe get up to about 20 shares. So uh, listen for your answer. Thank you.
1: Well, if you're if you're looking for what's wrong with it, I can I can give you some hints as to why uh they are all over the place as far as you know uh earnings because it's very erratic for instance this year they're going to make $16.93 a share but last year they made 33 next year they're going to make $20 a share in 2019 they lost $65 a share see so you know and 2016, they lost $10 a share. 2015, they lost $48 a share. But in 2017, they made $158 a share. That er- that erratic behavior, earnings per share, matches their sales behavior. It's also erratic. So, it's a $99 stock, going to make $20 a share. That's a 5 PE. Why is it so low? Well... One of the reasons is because it, it, it's erratic. Another reason is they have huge debt. Okay? They, well, I don't want to say huge. They have lots of debt. But they have a great return on equity. <laughs> I mean, so it's one of those stuff. pays a 2.1% dividend at this point. Uh, so the reason why, you know, they're Chesapeake Energy. What do they do? They engage exploration and production of natural gas, crude oil properties in the United States. So, you know, that prices for that is really expensive these days and so they're doing really well so you might be a little late to the party at $100 a share but if oil keeps going up natural gas keeps going up they're gonna keep going up too okay thanks for the call appreciate it this is Invest talk I'm Steve Peasley and we have one goal here everybody to help you achieve financial freedom and of course, the work will continue after this break, so get your questions in now. 888 99 Chart.
4: You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to invest talk and now steve and justin welcome your calls and questions 888-99-CHART
5: hey justin c thank you for your time and insight on invest talk podcast great show i want to talk about clover health stock symbol c l o b what do you think short term and long term what is the bear case if i'm holding for 2025 and up Clover is trading at 0.22 times rev, not even one times rev, with estimated 3.4 billion revenues for 2022. Their burn rate last quarter was 75.3 million cash and equivalents. Second quarter was 782.9 million the cash and equivalents. Third quarter was 782.7 million, higher than a market cap right now, and almost went up 100 million because of the Clover received both the October and September payments from CMS in the month of September, 2022. The 3.5 stars from 2021 will finally be realized in 2023 and they kept the 3.5 star rating for 2024 while many Medicare companies downgraded. The medical cost ratio, MCR, keeps going down, which is great. They hired a new CFO and then the CEO later this year as well the company's main focus is profitability in 2023. I look forward to hearing your response.
1: It's like, it sounds like you did a lot of analysis of the company and convincing yourself that you want to be a buyer. So try to look at not just the positives, look at the negatives. They haven't made money. They're not going to make money in 2023. They have they have a negative 52 cents a share earnings per share when they think they they that's what the analysts are saying when they think they're going to be cash positive well, they have a negative cash flow of 72 cents a share. Now, the good things you pointed out, I won't point out, but, but the good things are, I, I'll point out, they have, do have really good sales growth. It's a $1.48 stock, uh, $567 million cap, which is very small, meaning it's highly dangerous because it is so small. They provide America's seniors with data-driven PPO and HMO insurance plans for Medicare-eligible consumers. So they're also highly reliant on government, right our government Medicare plan so um yeah, you got all the highlights of the positives, but it doesn't make any money. I'm not interested in companies that't make money. The stock was selling for twelve14 dollars back in uh, it got as high as twenty eight dollars in two thousand twenty eight uh, in two thousand twenty one but now it's a dollar forty eight why? If it's so great, shouldn't it be selling for a lot more than that? See, it's been hovering around these very low prices for some time. I don't know. I think you have better opportunities somewhere else. But CLOV is a symbol. Everybody, you can take a shot. Oil that oil prices are down. They've been the lowest they've been in what uh, about a month, three weeks, eighty-six dollars a barrel. Why is it going down? Why is oil going down? Well. Dollar did go down, so maybe that's one of the reasons. But I think more importantly, demand is slipping. Demand. Now, U.S. demand, China demand, in the short term is is expected to be weaker. OPEC cut its estimation for global oil demand today. They think the estimates for global demand is going to go down. So they think oil prices are going to. If they don't cut production, OPEC, that oil prices will go down, they don't want that to happen, do they? So if oil comes down, that'd be only beneficial for us in the United States, you know, especially the consumer. I mean, you know, we've been paying a huge amount of money for our gasoline prices. Now the 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 oil coming out of Russia that's come to the west or the European west and us the west whenever it needs to be that's going to stop but I noticed that there's a all that's going to be shifting over to the east much more oil is going, from Russia is going to go to the east until instead of the west so that oil is still going to be on the market it's not disappearing from the market so just to let you know oil demand is supposedly going down I'm Steve Pease, and this completes another Investor program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, and on Friday night, we achieved a 47 million, our 47th million, 47 millionth download. We appreciate that. We really do. Thanks, Thanks for the rating. We love those ratings at iTunes, so keep that up. Whenever you listen to us, please rate us if you do you download it from iTunes. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night, everybody.
0: Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program,